to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It was mixed up with so much emotion. I think so much shit needed to come out. Um, and that came, like there was, like I said, there was euphoria. There was a huge amount of grief that needed to come out. There was, um, and it was that the music was helping you let it go. It was, that was, it was like something needed to, everyone's different, right? Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. This week's episode is very different. We've never really done anything like this on The Deep before. Danae, the doula who you heard last week, came over after three or four months we hadn't seen each other since the birth and we wanted to debrief together and the conversation was so good <laughs> that I just made her halt and I ran and I got one mic and I just put it between us and we continued the chat. The audio is going to be different because we are using one mic but it's just a conversation, it's not an interview and yeah, I thought it was worth putting up so enjoy. I've never really done anything like this before and I don't even have my equipment properly set up but Danae is here and Danae is here on the day that we launched the birthing podcast and Eva has just decided to wake up and it's all a bit beautiful and serendipitous so we're having this great conversation I was like shit should we just record this so I'm just gonna record it and just see what happens. It's going to be really casual, but one of the things that you just brought up was like, yeah, I, I didn't warn you that you'd get a finger up the bum after the birth. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I totally forgot about the finger up the bum and everyone's going to be like, oh, why did that happen? What was that? Why does he do the finger up the bum? They do it to check if you've had any grazing or tearing. They because the birth canal runs adjacent to the sphincter and the bowel muscle, so they do it oh. to check to make sure that none of the grazing or tearing has gone through. Because he put a suppository up there too, didn't he? Like a pain yeah. relief. That's what I thought he was doing, but he's doing double. Yeah, he's checking. It's really unusual and rare, but it can happen. And so they do check it. It's a good idea to have that checked before you leave the hospital if you have any grazing or tearing. 
And then the joy of it is the suppository that comes afterwards because that's amazing. And you know something else you just said that was really important is Benji said in the episode today that Chris, the obstetrician, cut me and you said that didn't happen. Definitely didn't happen, yeah. You were down there. I was down there. I was right there. If, so- if he had done – there's no way he would have done it without asking your consent. Um, there's no way. And it's, it didn't happen. So no, Benji's merging the two didn't. births. Yeah. Because that happened the first birth. Did I tear? Yes, you did tear. It was a second degree tear. Oh, God, so, I didn't even know that. What yeah, does that mean? Borderline, first or second degree tear. So very minimal, very surface, very normal for a vaginal birth. You know, particularly if you've had a past episiotomy because where you have the scar tissue, that doesn't stretch as well, mm. but the rest of the muscle has muscle memory, so that stretches better. So it's not unusual. What does second degree mean? Like what's what's number two? So it goes through like how deep the layers the are. Tissue. Yeah, how deep the muscle tissue goes. So it's not just surface area, superficial grazing. It's like a little bit more, and that's what second degree is. And so when he's stitching, because there was definitely stitching. Yeah, and know? it's a little bit of grazing, so that's why it's a bit stingy when you wee. Oh, yeah. very stingy. Yeah. So what? how many stitches do you know? Oh, probably... Like four or five. Oh, yeah. That's bad. Yeah, no, it's very, it was very minimal. Oh, very minimal. But it was when she came out. Could you see the tear? No, it usually comes with their shoulders. It doesn't often come with the head, okay. and that happens really, really quickly. It's very difficult to see on birth if there is like apparent grazing and tearing that happens. It's not until you look afterwards. So especially if it's internal in the birth canal, sometimes you can get grazing. In the birth canal? Because my – sorry, I'm just going to – we've only got one mic. I can't find anything. We have to just switch it up each time. But how do you get tearing like that? Is that just pressure popping at different areas? And it's the full stretching. So it doesn't – you have to imagine like the, all the muscle tissue in your whole vaginal area is bulging and stretching open. So often women will get grazing on their labia at the top. You can get scratching and grazing on the inside quite high up in the birth canal. Oh. Um, as you know, as your baby's skidding down through there. What, what else? I mean, we touched on a few things today. We touched on the end moments. Um, and we kind of sum that up as this brutal euphoria. Mm. Was there anything else? Like, cause we're debriefing today for the first mm. time in four months. What else like, do you remember or you think I need to acknowledge? Because it really doesn't feel – it feels like a movie that I watched, mm, yeah. you know? Like, from your perspective, when you're down that end and Chris the obstetrician is down there and Annabelle's there, like, you know it's a matter of minutes, right, mm. between that crowning and the rest mm. of it. Do you just stand back and let nature unfold at that point? I do to a degree. It depends what's actually happening with the mum and how quickly everything is actually progressing. So I think it's always best for it to be mother-led and just watch a mother's birthing instinct unfold. But if you can see that that moment is not progressing perhaps as quickly as you, you know, you'd expect – then that's when I'd jump in and say, you know, let's move your pelvis differently. Which is what you did. Yeah, which is what we did. And what about like, because my transition 
literally felt like it was hours. And mm. I heard that transitions like usually minutes. Mm. What, like, when do you actually think I was transitioning? Was it when I was on the bed or is it when I got on the floor? You started to, we could start to see like involuntary kind of pushing down um, for a little while there. I think you probably likely had what they call like anterior lip. We still weren't completely fully dilated because it's a good idea to not push until it's like, I call it passive descent, where you may have transitioned and you were having really strong bearing down contractions, but until it becomes unbearable not to push, it's mm-hmm. a good idea not to push because you're not following physiology. And that's when I think women get in trouble when they push too soon because they're told you're fully dilated, you can push your baby out now. And they go, oh, okay, I'll start pushing. And then, you know, no. two hours later, it was still going. Still going. What, so when, how long was my transition, do you reckon? It was really difficult to pin down your transition, yeah. I think, because – um, it was mixed up with so much emotion. I think so much shit needed to come out. Um, and that came, like there was, like I said, there was euphoria. There was a huge amount of grief that needed to come out. There was, um, and it was that the music was helping you let it go. It was, that was, it was like something needed to, everyone's different, right? With some people it's different types of massage or, you know, different sensory mm. things that help to release your music was helping you release. And I think once all of that came out, then you were ready for your baby to come out. It was such a unique experience though, because it's so many parts of it. Like I was grieving. I was grieving for women that had died in childbirth because I felt so close to them. I felt like I could go, you know, I was grieving for my mother for not being there and guiding me. I was, I felt like I could, feel every woman in the world that had ever birthed before me. And that felt heavy as well as beautiful, but it felt really heavy and sad and scary, you know, and because you've birthed with women in Haiti in the worst possible conditions in the world, I also felt a lot of guilt for feeling the things I was feeling, like the complexity of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, why, why were you thinking about that? That's crazy. About you birthing women? Yeah. yeah, because I felt like, holy shit, woman, you're in a hospital with a lot of care, with fresh water, with scalpels and drugs if you need them. You have every first world opportunity and why can't you fucking just do this better or quicker or easier? Like you're struggling so much and there are women that have been to the brink or have died through birth and you're in this agony. Like it was very complex. It doesn't, it's not rational. No, that sounds transitional to me. (laughs) Do you know, because transition is so different for everybody and a lot of people have that feeling that they're going to die or like a, a deep weight or heaviness. It's not always loud and fierce sometimes it presents itself really, really differently. It can just be subtle change of language or it can be a crazy shift in the quality of your mind because of the hormones. So a thought that came to me, in the Sundays in summer, they have the box jellyfish, the irukandji, which will kill you. But one of the symptoms before it does is an impending sense of doom. 
I felt that. <laughs> we laugh now, but at the time, it's fucking zen. And I just said that to you before we started rolling. There was this very real sense of being on all fours, yeah. knowing that I had to let go. I had to release control. But by doing that, I thought that I might seriously die or things might go very, very wrong if I actually allowed myself to let go. You really got me there. You got me to let go because, you know, I have never farted in front of Benj. So to be able to allow my bodily functions to open like, do you remember that moment? Yeah. I was like, I'm pissing, I'm yeah. pissing. Is this yeah. piss? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Do you know the whole thing is it's the great opening, right? It doesn't just target your birth canal. It's your whole body needs to purge and open. And if you try and hold any of it in, you're going to hold your baby in. And you were saying that you're like, you need to go. Like, if you need to let go of a shit. You need to let it out. Like, it's because that, that, that sensation is very real. Like, it is a poo. Yeah. Or it was a poo. <laughs> I've got no shame. I remember. You've got to let it all out. You can't hold anything because if you clench the muscles in your bum. You're holding the baby. I've had women that have pushed for like two and a quarter hours to push their baby out. And to get eventually the baby to come down, I push on the back of their bum muscles and pull their, basically pull their bum cheeks open so that they can relax their bum. And so they can have their babies. Yeah. Because I really, it was a conscious, I had to consciously go, we're fucking going there. Yeah. There might yeah. be shit, piss, blood, pass, yeah. fucking whatever, anywhere. Yeah, it's like I, yeah. I, there's no other way through it. That yeah. was kind of my, like a, and I know that sounds weird for a lot of people because they'd be like, just fucking let go. But that was a real breakthrough yeah. for me of like let go. Yeah. And so once I did that, and I remember gushing water yeah. and asking you if it yeah. was we, and then things just again, we were on yeah. the floor at that point, seeing. Underneath me, Chris's Crocs walking through the yeah. room, knowing, holy this shit, this yeah. is it. And you earlier on in the day, pulling apart my hand, my thumb muscle and my forefinger and stretching and going, that's all the ring of fire is, babe. <laughs> Just feels like some pressure. Like, can you feel that? And I remember then when the ring of fire oh, yeah. arrived, <laughs> motherfucker, that was not <laughs> it. The pulling of the two fingers, the stretching. Have you given birth, Danae? That is not a good comparison. It's significantly worse. It is definitely worse. (laughs) It's the fucking worst. But how do you explain? I don't know how. That way, that I get tingles up my body. Everybody's different, though. You know, some women. I've had women that have had full blown orgasms at the time of birth. I roll my eyes. Yeah, and you've seen them orgasm. Yeah. At which point do they orgasm? I don't know physiologically at what nerve path that could happen. Yeah. But they said that they like I hear like a scream, but they said inside it was like the biggest orgasm that they had ever had. Yeah, well, and I there's go- quite a few midwives that'll tell you the same. I've seen that. Yeah, but is the orgasm when the baby's coming down? Like, are they? I don't know exactly where it is. Uh, yeah, well, I, I didn't have an orgasm. No, that's fine. And look, and a lot of people <laughs> for quite some time. Also, some people that stretching is really different. It depends on your body and your mm. muscle tissue and your sensitivity in that area, your nerve endings, your experiences in that area. That can all play into whether you perceive it as a threat or not. 
because that's how your brain exacerbates pain. Well, that's also real, like a really interesting thing, right? Because I've been in a sexually violent relationship too, and things were coming up in the day about that and mm. letting go or yeah. trust. Yeah, it's like it's almost like every experience or some you know those defining moments in your life they arise yeah. especially the hard ones yeah. in birth yeah. and it you would have seen it like birth. you would have seen me that's you heard it too you were there you were there darling it was like in between those moments of like really deep grief we'd have a moment of like dancing yeah and yeah. then we'd have a real moment of, I miss my boy. I miss my son. Yeah. What is going to happen to him now? Yeah. He's yeah. going to be so lonely. He's going to be so... Like, you, you know, said like... all of it. We went through... It was like a little <laughs> flip book of your life. Was it fun for you? Like, just great. seeing what was coming up yeah. next? And like... it was like, once that was done, though, that chapter was done, that was closed and we're on to the next one. It yeah. really did. And until that book was complete... She wasn't coming she wasn't out. Coming. And, and I, I think was, that's where we got stuck on the bed. Oh my because God, that book was playing bed. out. Like, I just remember you were like, you were so close when we were on the bed. And I just remember time going so slowly and, and feeling like I was in transition for yeah. such a long time. Mm. Like, I remember Benj looking at me there and he has actually a video. Mm. He took a video of my face where I yeah. look like I'm in complete despair. Yeah. Like I have lost, I've lost it all. Yeah. I've got no will yeah. left. Mm. And then you realize, oh no, there's more. Yeah. And then you, you get yeah. on the floor. Yeah. I want you to talk. I talk too much. It was really funny to read to, you know, just after I'd done my podcast and I walked away and, of course, you know, you think about all the things that you didn't say. And then I went through my phone. I was like, what did, how did Zoe actually call me and all that kind of stuff. And I went through my phone and the messages that we'd sent to each other and and I could see what I was doing to try yeah. and plant the little seeds to get you to make, you know, to and I was like because you said your visualization what you wanted for your birth and I was like right she's given me an image and I'm going to visualize that birth and then I was how do we get to that birth even though you're telling me you've made all these decisions and this was how the day was going to go I was still no how do we get to this one and you know I sent you those little affirmation cards and pictures but I still didn't know where I was at yeah you still didn't officially say you're coming on the day so I was on that morning I knew you were going in that morning and I cleared my day I cleared my day and I got up and I had my shower and I packed my bag and I was sitting there waiting on the couch (laughs) and I was like I can't believe that I believe that she's gonna call me I know I meant to be at that birth I could just feel it in my soul and I was like, I just have to be patient and just wait for what her time was that? to call. It was about eight o'clock in the morning. And when did I call? You called just before nine. Wow, you were really yeah. I was ready, <laughs> and Mandy quickly. Mandy messaged me as well. She and she was like, "Are you ready? You know, if Zoe calls you, she wants her music, she wants her oils, she wants all these things." She's like, "I'm no, I know you'd be all over it, but I know her, and these are the things she wants." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm just sitting here waiting to see if I'm going to go." Because when I called you. You were very, you acted very casual. (laughs) And you were like, oh, hi. Um, How's it going? 
you're like, I'm just, yeah, I've got some things on, but like I can move them. It was like that kind of attitude, <laughs> well, you know? Because I didn't want you to feel like. The pressure to come. Yeah, the pressure. Because that wasn't, you don't need that. You were like, so, oh, I've but, just got a couple of things. I'll just, I'll round up here and then I'll head over. It yeah. didn't even sound like you were in a rush. You were just like, oh, I've just got to like finish off some stuff and I'll come. Yeah. It was just so, I had no idea you were sitting waiting. Yeah. I was just waiting. And then we called um, and, but you sent a text message. You said, I've started having the contractions and I think I'm enjoying I'm pull them. I'm text. Yeah. And I was like, I've got her. This is it. She's done. Now that I know this, this is happening today. I knew it. And I also like, so I've heard your episode, but I didn't actually know how qualified you were. (laughs) (laughs) I only learned from listening to your episode how fucking great you are. Like I didn't know much about you. I didn't know about your training. We'd spoken very briefly. I didn't even know what the things you were saying meant. And so when I heard it, I was like, fuck, you're really like, I mean, I'm four months postpartum, but fuck, you're really good. Like, <laughs> I knew that on the day. Like, I was fucking blown away. But the actual science behind it in your training, like, I was really shocked by how much you know. I mean, it shows up in the room, but holy shit. Like, no wonder you're sitting there waiting. You're like a mastermind, like, doula, like, planting the seeds, you know, to get it there. It's really interesting because, like I said to you before, I usually engage girls much sooner. Um, but you can, you know, it's never too late to engage a doula, but I mostly engage girls at sort of 15 weeks, sometimes at 20 weeks, and they've had all of that time to go through all the skills, all the training, all the OMTP stuff. They've been practicing those exercises as a couple at home. They know the physiology behind it, the anatomy behind it. So they there's a trust that's built, yeah. right, where they're like, I know then if you walk in the door and you need to move my baby, I trust you because I know, I know that you can do it. Yep. Whereas I walked in the door just as who I was and we immediately – it was okay. Yeah. Um, and I have to make it okay if I if I am ever called into a birth where it's last minute like that or if I'm covering for another doula, maybe that doula doesn't have – well, a lot of people don't have this OMP training. So um, it's very new to the woman that's birthing at the time that I'm saying, oh, I'm going to do these bodywork things and I'm going to manipulate you around like this. Yeah. And you were just like, okay, let's do it. Yeah, I think that though the way in which you entered the room – you had like a gravitas about you. You had a weight. You had a, I've got this. Mm. Like I just, this immediate like, oh, okay, she's arrived and we're cool. Like I don't know what the fuck we're doing, but you're driving this car mm. and I'm releasing the brake pretty much. <laughs> you know, like that's how it felt for me. And so you came in and you were also very invisible at times. Mm which I think is important, but then like you'd pop up. Do you know what I mean? It was like this weird <laughs> illusion. It's like, now we're doing this. And then like I go into the background and I'm back again. And and it was such a, like a fun day for me. Like it, it was, was, yeah. Was a really fun day. There was so much lightness and yeah. love and joy. And with, you know, with snippets of a lot of hard work, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like I can arrive you know, with the show, but it's all you, you know, you, you do everything. And when I walked in and saw and you emerged out of the bathroom, this huge smile on your face. And I was like, oh, it's, it's Zoe. (laughs) (laughs) 
And you had it. You had the whole thing organized. You had everyone had a job. Everyone had all. And but you were you were very much in control. It's not my job to take the control away from you. It's to make sure that you're supported and facilitated to reach your goal. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to make sure that you were still the center of the room, which you were. You were like you were the birthing goddess. It was beautiful. And it was so funny how you were like Benji's just running down the stairs up and down to get you like snacks. Do you remember when he came back with that fucking chocolate muffin? It was yeah. so – I've never tasted anything amazing, that amazing in my life. He had like a smorgasbord of goodies and then you were like, oh, what about this? And he ran down and get it again. He said, you know, there were people in the queue, but I said my wife's in labour. <laughs> and they were like, it's Benji Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares if his wife's in labour? Let him in. <laughs> he was so beautiful. He just came down and then eventually it was pretty clear that he, could, he wasn't leaving anymore. Yeah. Did you talk, like, because obviously I'm in my own zone, did you and him talk much? Not really. And I don't, to be honest, there's not a a huge amount of communication I find with the husbands. Like, you're so engrossed in your experience and we didn't know each other. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a hard thing I find to walk into a room with people that you don't know. There's a midwife that you don't know. There's a birthing woman Mm -hmm. that you most of the time know, but sometimes not. And her partner, who's very protective, and how do I build a relationship there yeah, at the how? same time as support a birth? Yeah, and make sure also that he's okay. Yeah, uh, and that I don't disturb the energy in the room between the two of you. Yeah, um, how do you walk in the door and accomplish that? Yeah, that's what um, I'm asking. And sometimes, <laughs> well, sometimes midwives don't want you there. Um, there's a lot of you know I've walked into a lot of birth scenarios where they do not look you in the eye they don't recognize that you should be there i've been heckled what yeah <laughs> one time was like if you want to be here so bad you know you should go and do your midwifery and i was like it's not what i do you know? oh my <laughs> it's like well you should be a plumber you know it's like how what a ridiculous thing to <laughs> yeah i've been heckled and yeah, I'm like, you're not saying fuck you to me. You're actually saying fuck, fuck you, you to the, the mother woman. because she's chosen for me to be here. But, yeah, it was interesting. And, and I, like, Benji's such a, like, a lovely, gorgeous soul, isn't he? You He's know, so like, lovable. there was nothing, you know, there, I didn't feel any weirdness. So it no. was very easy to um, to combine forces with you guys. I mean, I feel really lucky that I got Annabelle on the day. I actually haven't even made touch with her. I, I have to connect with her and thank her she it was strange because obviously it's a lucky dip who you get mm-hmm. as your midwife did you and her because it was amazing to hear your episode and hear that you had spoken like you were communicating about yeah. her type of style and your style and that it actually married up could yeah. you talk about that a bit so when she because when I walked to the room and I said do you mind if I set a few things up and you were like, yeah, go, good. And I set up a birth rope and a few things. And when she walked in and saw the birth rope, she was like, ah, oh, you're a little bit different to the other doors, I guess. And then she started seeing me. I think we, no, she said, I'm spinning babies trained. Yes. And and I was like, oh, I used to do the spinning babies and now moved on to OMP because I find. Um, she knew what that was. Yeah, she did. She knew what that was. Um. And um, so we chatted a little bit about that and she, and so we already had like a, okay, we're both on the I'm same saying, page yeah. here. And I said, oh, I'm going to try doing a few things because I can see I don't think we're quite in active labour yet. And she said, yep, yeah, you go ahead and do that. 
Um, and then it was really interesting because after I did the first round of um, body work on you, um, I could see you were still not in like active labor. Mm. Um, it's like in labor, but not in like active, active labor. And then I pulled her aside again and said, did you do a vaginal examination earlier? And what did you feel? Because um, I said, I suspect that your baby has a deflexed head. Um, and but I just wanted to confirm that with her. I would have done what I did anyway because I felt like I knew, mm-hmm. but to get that confirmation mm-hmm. from her. But it was interesting because she'd done these on a couple of other women, you know, on the ward. So she was like, okay, what did I feel? She's trying to remember back. And we were talking through what she felt and where the head was and all the stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure. Um, so we had a really nice chat about that. It was beautiful to just connect with the midwives and know that we both were talking the same language Mm. and that she had felt for those things because a lot of midwives don't feel for those things or they don't. I mean, it's not fair to say that, but maybe they do and they just don't feel like it's important to communicate or to remember because that's not their role, like Mm. mainly. She was the one that put the gel up the night before the poor thing and I was fucking hate that gel tape mm-hmm. and I was losing my mind yeah. over it going up. Like I was yeah. on the gas, like it was so painful. So I think early on she knew that I didn't like to be prodded. Yeah. And I actually was really shocked. We went so much of the day without being checked. Yeah. And also I was a bit like, well, how do we know how much longer I've got? Because mm. isn't the cervix gonna give us that information and you were like no I can tell just by looking at you and I was like can you tell because we've been on the bed a long time and you're like we're really close how close are we now do you remember me saying that I was like Danae (laughs) it's such a hard thing isn't it because you want to give women like the motivation but also you can't peg anything on time because you really actually don't Don't know. know But you know that the body is progressing and moving forward. You're always moving forward. How long were we on the bed? The bed felt like a long time. Yeah, but I was watching the contraction pattern and the contraction pattern was good. But for a long time. Yeah, for a long time. But I was watching your – you were releasing as you were going and I was just like, this will end. I knew it would end eventually. (laughs) But it just – it all had to play out and then your body finally let go. Was it an hour on the bed? Um. I think it was yeah around 40 minutes to an hour yeah the longest yeah. hour of my life yeah and we get on the floor and are you just like that was very quick once yeah, we moved what, on yeah, to the floor talk to me about that it was like you often women when they're about to birth their baby will want to move will gravitate to the floor in an undisturbed really well supported birth women will tend to gravitate towards the floor mm. um, nothing is more annoying to me than having women on hospital beds that they rise all the way oh up to God. the top and, and I felt so just, unnerving because I thought if I do shit myself I'm on display. On display. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get really low. We have to like tuck that nugget away, mm. you know, behind the covers because yeah. I, that's how I felt. I felt like it was too much. Yeah. Get you down. And I had to look. perform in a way too. Like yeah. I have to be the birthing woman up here. I don't, and I actually don't know how I am going to mm. birth. And yeah. I couldn't really release up there. Yeah. So what happens? We get on the floor. You get on the floor. And as soon as you hit the floor, I knew it was happening, going to happen very quickly. Was it quick? Um, I don't know. It was, it would have been about 10, 15 minutes really? after you were on the floor. Yeah. Once you got on the floor, your behavior and the way that you were moving your body completely changed. So Can I was like, Jack, this me? is, yeah. you were rocking your hips right back. So I feel like when women, if again, in undisturbed, once you go into really deep flexion, so when you tuck right back and you go, when your um, thighs come very close to your chest, mm. that opens like the outlet pelvis. 
So a lot of women will, yeah, it's just instinctual birthing behavior. So a lot of women get down onto those like all fours kind of positions, rocking back and forth. So your rocking became very, very different. Your sound was very different then. It was like, uh, uh, you could actually hear like an, yeah, like a bearing down. Um, Whereas before we could see bulging and your body was doing involuntary kind of, can we talk about the bulging? Because I remember hearing mm. that in your episode. What does that mean? Like, where is the bulge? You can actually see all the the base around your bum bulge down. So you can oh. see it come out a little bit and go back in. Wow. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, there's a whole baby coming down there. So your body gives a little bit with the contraction because the uterus is pushing down and that whole pelvic bowl as your baby passes through your pelvic floor. So it's like the resistance of your pelvic floor with the contraction helps to push your baby through that keyhole through your pelvic floor. So you actually see that bulge, that pelvic bowl bulge. And, you know, it was, so that was all happening. So we're going to see a baby very, very quickly. Wow. And and then that was the moment then that you'd visualized, right? So that was the moment that I'd visualized in my head sitting on the couch waiting for you to call me. I so wonder if you manifested this for me because like <laughs> – so I was like, quick, get the stuff in my head. I was thinking, okay, quick, get get everything you need here. To This is the perfect – What did I need? Because you said you got me a photo of my mum. Mm, so you had – you told me before when we were talking I was in my garden, so I remember it very clearly that you'd visualised you on all fours in front of an altar with your flowers with your mum. Oh. So I was like, okay, we're on the floor here. And Benji had gotten your mum for you. In when we're up on the bed, yes, I remember that. And I was like, "Where is she?" Quick! <laughs> and and the cookie boxes, cookie, oh and God, the beads. Was, I don't even remember the cookie. That's so cute. And I got all those things and put them down in front of you. And I said to you, "It's here. This is it. This is it now." And I know you did look around you and was you I saw, but no, you were you were you were in another level. In another, you were in. You know, they say that women leave their bodies and go to the mystery of where life began, you know. You were gone. You were there. But you were still – I mean, you're obviously present. But But I don't remember any of that. And I don't remember – And Benji trying to pull you back onto the mat. Like you were rocking. You were making these crazy noises (laughs) and you were rocking further and further over. And Benji was worried about you not being on the mat. And you were saying that that doesn't matter. (laughs) And because he was worried about your knees, he wanted you to be comfortable. Oh. Bless his heart. So he kept pulling I you up. I don't even remember that either. Yeah, and you and you were just like this, you know. You, I do remember that look in your eye when you looked up at him, and I and and I could see it was you know, which a lot of women do. They, they're scared, you know, because it's really intense. Yeah. And you and you're feeling things that are just out of this world. They're not of this world. You're birthing. It was. And especially, I think, I came back into the room when I saw Chris's Crocs underneath mm. me walking to, to that little side room to get whatever he needed, yeah. the gloves or something. And I was like, mm. fuck, fuck, yeah. fuck, I this can't. Like, what? No, mm. no. Nah. What? Like, yeah. it was like this, it all came to a head. Yeah. And that was, then I went back into my body and mm. it was like, I have to do the real letting go now. Yeah. And this is the moment. And I remember just the ring of fire being so horrifically intense. And then I remember, I don't know if it was you. I remember 
people talking to me. It must have been you. I was telling you to pull your knees up together because I wanted to protect your perineal muscle. So the more that your knees slide wide, it closes the outlet pelvis and stretches your perineal muscle. So I was like... And I remember that. I remember doing that move so clearly. Chris was trying to... At this stage, the head was born. So you'd had the ring of fire and the head was born and I could see... Your baby needs to do an internal rotation to be born then. That's the last stage of cardinal movement. So they need to get their shoulders... And twist. And twist, yeah. So that they're up and down parallel to your body. So the shoulders are like one shoulder's up towards your head yes. and the other shoulder's down. they come out? Yeah. And, <laughs> and that final twist took a little bit more than one contraction. And I could see that's what was happening and that's why... I I said, pull your knees up, Zoe, and I got your knees and I pulled them up tight and then... the head was just out. Yeah, yeah. But the body was stuck in between contractions. Can that be dangerous on the... That's very normal for the head to be born and then the next contraction, that's when the baby comes. It was just that when that next contraction came... We still hadn't given enough space. Yeah, we 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 paused. Um, So... Which can be shoulder dystocia. Yeah, it can be very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, it was just your outlet pelvis was in the way. So and that's, that's what the when, knees did, right? yeah, if you pull your knees up tight and turn them in. So I pulled your knees up tight and I said, turn your knee. And it's very difficult to try and follow when someone's talking oh God, to you like that yes. and trying to follow instruction and with everything that's going on. But you did it. And then I pushed your knees, your, your knees together and your feet out wide and then said, push your bottom back towards Chris. That's it. Yeah. I remember that. And then you pushed your bottom back because that gets you into deeper flexion and then she came out. Yeah, because yeah. I now – this is so weird talking to you about it now because I can so remember the fucking instructions and going like, just help me, like fucking yeah. do it. I can't follow all of this. And then my knees moved – and then you said, just sit back. And I remember that didn't feel like what I wanted to do, um, but I did it and I sat back and then it was like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, out and out she came. But I remember also Chris saying, I just have to put, this is before, a finger in there yeah. to, to get her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Could you talk about that? Yeah, so they do feel, he wanted to feel where her shoulder was if she'd done that internal rotation or not. Because I think it was clear to us that something was not, stopped. yeah, something had stopped. Um, and he also, you feel around to see there's umbilical cord there. Mm. So he did push his finger in because he wanted to say, because the next thing they do is they push towards my finger. Right. Um, and that's when I gave him a little nudge. Yes, Get out of there. Right. Get out of there. <laughs> Which he, he did, did, yeah. But he did unhook the cord, yeah. So there was, ne- there was necessary. Yeah, um, that, yeah. Which was awful. Yeah, then it all that all happened. Yeah, but he definitely didn't cut you. And I remember then coming back to the room. Mm. It was very quick then. Yeah. Once she was out, you were it's exactly like Benji described. You were like it was instantaneous. The pain is over, your baby's out, and you had this mushy little I'll never forget that first squeeze, you know, the look on your face and you were like, My baby <laughs> You know, and it was just like immediately it was light, bright Zoe again. It was like immediately your reptilian brain turned off, Zoe was back and we have a baby and the jokes were on again. I just remember this squishy, slimy body and so surprised at how vernixed 
that's probably not a word, vernixy she was, like thick vernix. And it wasn't like she was super fresh. Like she was kind of, she's being well cooked, right? Because like the longer they are, the less vernix supposedly. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. And I remember just looking at her going, I can't even see your little eyes. They're so (laughs) covered. And she was squinting open and trying to look at me with these sticky eyes and then no sound. And there was a moment of concern and you were just like, you're okay. She's okay. She's perfect. She's perfect. How did you know, even though she wasn't crying? Just you can see like the colour, the breathing, her activity, her grimace. It's like you go through like an apgar kind of a, a thing. She was just having quiet, alert time. You know, that's really normal. Um, they just, no crying is normal? Yeah. I mean, they take their first like transition kind of breath and then just have like quiet, alert time. It's really normal. I've yeah. never knew that before. Yeah. So I was like... I, it was always the baby comes out and it's this wild cry. Yeah. We didn't have that for 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of water birth I do is like that where the babies come out and you can, and they do a little, you know, like a splutter. So you know that they've taken in breath and then they just float there with their mums, you know, just peaceful taking in their sense of being that transition to life, um, bonding, um, and it's that's you know that's instrumental to breastfeeding and to their you know setting up them for humanity. I feel like she is exactly how she came into the world. Mm. You know, she's a chiller, she's curious, she's quiet. Mm. Like she cries. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but she's not. She's quiet. Yeah. Gemini with Leo rising. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. That's something else I wanted to talk about was I actually, and it was a really interesting observation was I had never, and I don't know if this is a denial thing, Mm. acknowledged my first birth as having trauma linked to Mm. it. And then when you were talking to Alison, you were like, well, I can see that there's birth trauma there. Mm. Yeah. Like, I think that was just a bit of a like, no, I had a great day. And it was mm. great and it came out great and everything was great, you know, and I mm. fought the syntocinin, but I tried my best and, but there was definitely distrust to my body quite a lot through my pregnancies and my births. Like I got pregnant accidentally and then miscarried and I have felt throughout my, and having endo and stuff, why does my body do these things? Yeah. Like, why can't my baby just come out? on its own accord, like I had to get induced with Fox, you know, and that's a medical thing and there's a timeline there. And I chose that. Mm. But I also felt like, fuck, I really wanted to do, sorry, I really wanted to do everything away from 
syntocin in, mm. and I didn't get that. Yeah, and I think that was just the biggest thing was that was traumatic. Yeah, so, syntocin is traumatic. Yeah, and I didn't want to go down that path, and I knew, and I think I told you that yeah. if that trips in my arm, so is the epidural. Yeah. Well, they often come hand in hand. Yeah. They're like brother medications, I call them. But I, I never do. got that because yeah. like, I fought it. Yeah. And I'd heard that people could beat it. Mm. And I was like, okay, but then after 10 hours. Yeah. And then I was on the in the ward after and they were like, well, generally their epidural is called in within an hour mm. or two max. Yeah. And then like, what do I get a medal because I did another eight yeah. hours that traumatized me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's shitty. Yeah. So I think when the contractions started naturally, I felt... They're so different. Physiological contractions are completely different. different. And there was, like, even though the bad bit was shit, there was real fun Mm. and rest, you know, where I didn't get a second with that Sinto. No. No. we could have a joke and we could... Have a drink with yeah. the breath. Yeah. You could eat your muffin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quite amazing. Yeah. Our statistics here are unfathomable. And, you know, that birth time documentary that just came out that kind of released to everyone that one in three women say that their births are traumatic. Mm. It's horrifying. And I feel guilty mm. doing this series with you and Benj because – I got, I got, I got my happy ending. I got my story. And it's so crap, isn't it? That women that have really, really good births go to their mother's groups. And, and you don't want to talk about it. They don't want to it. talk about them because everyone else has such awful stories that they're like, I don't want to tell people that I had an amazing home birth. Yeah. Or that I had my amazing physiological hospital birth. Because yeah. Because I feel so guilty. Yeah. And I think this isn't a, this isn't um, at all about bragging this is really about informing because I was them and I did, you know, I, I did have a doula at my first birth, but you, you said there was levels of trauma involved. Mm. And also sometimes you don't get to fight the system. Mm. You, and, and we talked about it today. Mm. I needed to be in a hospital, yeah. but there are rules. Yeah. And with that yeah, goes along a lot of other things. Yeah. You know, you do lose some rights along the yeah. way. But if you have someone advocating for you and you know your rights, because yeah. the other thing is we don't know our rights. Yeah. You don't know what you can say yes and no to and what you and can push And how long you can on. wait things. Yeah. And like, you know, like I'm paying a lot of money. Yeah. You can wait for my bed. Yeah. Yeah. Sort it out. Yeah. You know? Um, and I just feel like every woman deserves the right for that because also postpartum depression, anxiety, disorders, depletion, all of that stuff is a part of the birth. Mm. Yeah, it's everything. You cha- If you want to change the world, change how we're born. Thank you, Danae. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's The Deep. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting, it's quirky, it's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you will hear some of these episodes and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.